So a couple of few questions. What is the difference between skillful and unskillful doing? For example, on retreat, I often find myself excited about ideas for projects I'd like to do, not because I want to become great, but because there is joy in investigating ideas. What is the, where is the suffering in that? What am I missing? Mm. Well, the suffering in it is excitement. and uh, moving into the future. So, you know, becoming is not purely about becoming great. It's about having, you know, it's, it's that, uh, um, you know, it's about having a future. <laughs> yeah, so, the way of looking at it is existence, being, becoming, but having a future. Kind of conceiving of the future is a sign of becoming. Movement to the future is a sign of becoming. Because mm. there isn't a future to move to. Mm. So something, right? So projects, what is the point of them? You know, skillful doing is, uh, we, we kind of are led from the chitta's awareness of what's appropriate um, in context. You know. So if we're on retreat, the context is, um, is what? Well, I've been talking a bit about it. A context is uh, heart context, context of uh, morality, non-abuse, uh, kindness, goodwill, um, enjoying the uh, Dhamma, heart context, context of body, you know, enjoying or appreciating or getting usefulness of the um, presence of body to stabilize our minds and uh, more our attention presence of uh, context of uh, skillful thoughts which are just helping to keep you know in exploring bringing us back into presence uh, and relating to the phenomena that arise so really you, you want to have you doing as little as possible outside that really yeah and so sure there's the chores and the jobs and stuff and you know, exercise or whatever, that's all part of it. I mean, that's some refreshing body, just paying homage to the center by looking after it, supporting your fellow yogis by appropriate um, sharing out of maintenance. That's, that's the thing you want to really use retreat for. Uh, 
I'm not against projects per se, but uh, it's really, it's just uh, when they start to become, uh, you know, things are almost addictive, a certain pull to have something to be getting on with. And, um, you know, so suffering is too, perhaps too strong a word for this quality, these experiences, but uh, um, you're more into the realm of chitta, you recognize the sense of sort of stressing of making something happen. If one's learned to, uh, you know, quiet and thought process down, then, you know, fabricating thought constructions is a bit stressful compared with what can occur on retreat. Mm. Uh, you know, there's a time for planning the future, yeah. But then uh, you, know, you wouldn't really take a chance on retreat to not have a future. That's because uh, there isn't one. <laughs> Skillful doing is essentially well, you know, it varies depending on the context you're in. But in a retreat context, the skillful doing is that which really helps to, to heal the. Uh, the uh, difficulties in one's mind and body um, to uh, generate, to refresh, regenerate one's heart and body, to calm and simplify one's one's life, so there's less to have to handle. And the skillful doings are those which help us to accomplish that. Uh, mm. And the enjoyment experience, yeah, of course we get enjoyment in in, in many things, uh, that's great. But uh, trying to find, can that enjoyment faculty be something we also really encourage to open up into our, our experience of meditation? You know, that it's essential. Uh, it starts with uh, this sense of generating skillful fields and then saturating yourself in the in the experience of them they are they are beautiful they have richness uh, uh, and they you know, but one doesn't see them immediately but if you enter into them really uh, dwell in them they have richness and beauty one is contented and comfortable in that 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 is that's the, that's the skillful doing, that which leads to that um, enjoyment of being. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, uh, really reflecting upon and dwelling in the quality of, uh, of, of goodwill and uh, freedom from abuse is refreshing for the heart. And, uh, uh, if you're beginning to get some sense of calming and stabilizing the mind, it's, it can be very enjoyable. And these are, how many chances did you get for that, really? How many, how many chances did you get for that? When you can just do that. <laughs> so I'd really recommend um, uh, you know, seeking one's pleasure in the most um, helpful uh, way, place that this uh, that, that your life has brought you to. 
then you won't regret it, absolutely not. So we're changing, um, the, the, so your unskillful doing will basically will have some degree of a bit compulsive, um, yes, uh, associated with tanha, certain need, you know, inner compulsiveness to it. And uh, skillful doing is more like motivated, mm-hmm. where you have to rise up to it. It's not like compelled to, you have to kind of voluntarily rise up to it. And the skillful doing is dharma chanda, enthusiasm for, for dharma, for practice, and really broadening the field of practice to uh, to not just sitting still, but, um, you know, operating within these, generating these, these what they call these forms, and uh, dwelling in them and making much of them. Mm. For a number of for a number of years, the primary focus of meditation was open listening. A few years ago, I switched to the breath as my object. On longer retreats, I noticed that awareness often shifts seemingly effortlessly between listening and breath in a single sitting. It seems more effortful to not have this happen and often there is awareness of the breath quietly underneath the listening all fine here yep it's okay um i mean the chitta has its own kind of <laughs> own agenda <laughs> really so you, you you it tends to seek the places where it can find that sense of uh you know, relief from stress and hindrance and in skillful ways. And these, these are the openness, it's got a lovely balance to it, poise, balance to it. And breathing, if you can, <laughs> people find themselves quite challenged by breathing in and out. The, uh, but because of the, the act, not because breathing out is necessarily stressful, although it can be, because the body is 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 constricted, often it's locked, frozen at the diaphragm or throat, so it's, it probably doesn't breathe properly. Uh, and then the act of establishing attention can itself be a bit too tight, a bit too you know the wrong kind of attention gets established. So in such a case, it's better not to do it till you get the right kind of attention, which is lighter and more. Uh, open, you know, it's an attention that places and listens, as we've been talking about, and also, you know, really uh, working on this mindfulness of body to to release or, or um, come to terms with the the constrictive or disorganized fields in the body, field of the body, sweeping through it and uh, these elements and space around it till it becomes more, uh, you can enter it more in a more wholesome way. 
and open listening may in a way generate the kind of attention that 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 is suitable because it doesn't have a particular object so it's quite light and open uh, and so that may help to generate or support a kind of attention which is suitable uh, I think mindfulness of breathing personally I think it's just it's so much right there in the Buddha's teaching it's the only thing he really gave such a detailed set of instructions on um, my sense is it's because there's, there's a lot of the karmic it clears it, it enters the field of karma yeah uh, where some meditation objects just want to take you out of it or take you off it mindfulness of breathing I get a sense it really takes you into the karmic residues and therefore one does work them out mm. yeah the karmic residues implanted in the body uh, yeah it does it does work those out mm. and it enables uh, an Im- an embodied practice um, particularly as we as if the mind does start to absorb then you come into subtler subtler states um, and subtler fields of energy and, and presence that uh, it, it opens up a lot of old karma in subtler ways but yeah, I mean things move around, and sometimes that quality of openness can be something you, as you become more open, you can almost from here. Am I breathing? Just that. Am I, is there anything going on? It's like inviting the body into that open space and and just letting it be fuzzy, just the vaguest sense of there is body, and so we can kind of sense of like really negotiate in contact with the body because it can be so triggered mm. so it's, 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 there is just there's this sense of there is a body here that's enough and stay with that until it seems to almost come forward by itself and when it's, there's a feeling a quality of of uh, warmth and uh, appropriate attention to that and then the, then you can begin to allow it invite it forward into awareness and into you know suggesting am I breathing or not just to know that and just wait take it easy <laughs> you know just just the bare sense of there is something rhythmic flowing and really keeping it at that light way and letting it letting it come to you I think that would be my recommendation for, for many people, yeah. because of the nature of our body, embodiment, and nature of our attention. Thoughts on alcohol use by lay people in daily life. Um, is drinking only a hindrance or can moderately use be skillful in some cases? Mm. 
social implications make it confusing a tough choice and I must also admit I do enjoy the taste and the feeling <laughs> right well I, 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 you know, I don't quite can't think of occasion when it could be skillful but there might be one I can't think of anyone <laughs> it might be you know uh, not terribly unskillful but uh, yeah it's still I can't think of anything skillful use of it because it's a poison <laughs> and uh, uh, but it's socially challenging I admit that because you, but then you just uh, you know Uh, it does help in some ways if one is just kind of quiet about it, but just, no, no, I don't, uh, no, no, uh, no, I'm fine, thanks. Because the more that one just goes along with it, you know, where you collude with this crazy, crazy mass addiction, to, or not addiction, but compliance with alcohol is a normal, a normal thing to be doing, <laughs> you know, normal. I mean, that, that is... And the amount of land that's used just to produce this stuff, land that could be used for feeding people and, and forests and things, to, to just generate alcohol, bottles, money, crime involved with alcohol, violence, abuse with alcohol. I can't, you know, I can't think of anything good one could say about it. <laughs> So, more than one, just um, it's nice also just to clear. You don't have to think about it then. You know, if you just make a clear sense of well, no, that's I can't see anything good in it. And so, just clear. And it helps just because one gets a sense of uh, the the quality of of, deter- of aditana, skillful aditana, is a nice effect on the mind. It just hmm, that's that. You know, you know, it gives a certain firmness and sharpness to the mind. Jitta, and you, you've made that little step out of just the social flood, which is not going anywhere useful. instructions that apply to daily life I find it takes effort to process and connect to experiences outside of retreat can there just be awareness oh yes that's me without need to do more with it to process and work with it can I just absorb the gist of the teaching the mist of the teachings so I think mm, Well, mm. I think you know, it's pretty sooner, sooner or later, probably quite soon, you're going to find that just being aware of just being, you know, this is me, is going to not going to be adequate for dealing with things that happen in daily life. 
you, know, you need something a bit firmer. And admittedly, if you do maintain the sense of presence, um, then it, it definitely acts as the basis for skillful actions, skillful conduct. But very often in daily life, things are happening pretty quick, pretty fast. So you, so it's not you're not always able to maintain that that inner presence that sense of awareness. It's a nice idea, but, um, you know, if things get busy, it, it, we, we do lose it. So it's very useful to have some some structures like, like um, you know, um, restraint and structures around speech, particularly, we lose a lot in reactive speech. So being able to check one's speech habits learn skillful speech habits, very important. And generally the most important thing is skillful speech habit is to to establish the other person, you know, so it's not just I shoot my stuff at somebody or somebody shoots stuff at me and I shoot stuff back. Somebody shoots stuff at me, I want to find out, okay, uh uh-huh, okay, how are you? (laughs) <laughs> what's happening for you? Some of it, directly or indirectly, you know, like uh, uh, just being aware of feeling accused isn't isn't necessarily remedial because the other person doesn't know what you're feeling. And so you want to say, okay, sounds like you sound like you're a bit upset, or what? You know, do you have a, you know, So you just kind of touch into the other person. And so establish some sense of mutuality. Or, or even if you can say, oh, could you say that? Could you give me details on that? So you don't necessarily have to to react to the topic, but you want to get the person to come more fully formed. You know, like, could what's really happening for you with that? That bother you? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, I see. And so the, there's some sense of, it just helps things to come off the, theoretical topic of the discussion into the direct human presence and if that is established and continued I don't think there's any problem that can't be solved between people or resolved you know so it's just learning skillful speech very helpful um, keeping precept enormously invaluable um, maintaining resolutions very helpful um, determining, you know, I, I, do I do my sit like I, I get up, like I go to the bathroom, I sit, I do my pra- meditation, it's as, it's as choiceless as that, it's like cleaning your teeth. In fact, you've got to choose between one or the other. <laughs> clean your mind rather than clean your body. <laughs> it's much more helpful <laughs> in the end. So one establishes certain resolutions because otherwise it just just goes, you know. <laughs> you have to develop aditana resolution. And there's a certain discipline that's required, otherwise the floods are just too too powerful. You know, for bhikkhu life you've got a lot set up already in the discipline, but still that's not enough. <laughs> It's not enough to restrain the mind. <laughs> You've still got to develop your own discipline, you know, around 
do the meditation, stop, stop, switch that off, you know, <laughs> learn to listen. <laughs> you have to develop you know, specific tailor-made determinations to, to check where one knows one's outflows occur. Yeah. But the whole point of of the of that of that resolution is in order to protect the chitta from our outflow. So then we can. But, ah, now okay, because I have built in done the effort to protect that, and now there can be that sense. Okay, now I do have access to that. Ah, the soft open awareness, but you do need to protect it and think this is really valuable to protect this beautiful thing. Mm. So just attention, what you give attention to, have a certain sense of discipline around that. I don't know what it is, but you find out. But that's up to you, each each one of us. You've got to be aware, whenever you give attention to something, it goes into you. <laughs> it's, it's not a neutral act. It, whatever you give attention to, that goes into you, there's some results there. Yeah. Uh, and so just be don't be non don't be indiscriminative about non discriminative about your attention. Um you know that so time boundaries. Um be aware of of really trying to carve out space every day for just direct obvious stuff. Your meditation, sitting still, breathing in and out, whatever you do, that definitely do 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 that. Associating with good people, pretty important. So these are things that you you need to fill in the details of. But um, open awareness isn't enough by any means. What has led you to Qigong instead of the more native yoga as a way to teach embodied awareness? Native. <laughs> I, the only, only other yoga I tend to take is the Indian asana and the pranayama yoga. And so to teach it, well, because basically the shortcut is because I've got a sabong, <laughs> I wear a skirt. <laughs> That's why I can't teach yoga. <laughs> you try doing a headstand with one of these on? <laughs> it's... Uh, I don't have the gear for it, you know, spandex. <laughs> if, I was, if we were a kid out in spandex, we'd probably... <laughs> yeah. So I've, I've been doing, but I have been doing, I do yoga, I've been doing it since I was, well, I've been 45 years or so, doing yoga, hatha yoga. And so I do, <laughs> in the privacy of my own chambers, <laughs> I do do some asanas. Um, uh, you know, get patchy at times, but I always do something. 
unless I'm, you know, really can't. But you've got to think it's uh, just, just the, in the basic level, just to keep the limbs flexible and to get the back strong and and uh, balanced. You just you do need to do something because we're you know we we're in back we're in a back wrecking culture. <laughs> you know, chairs just. <laughs> Or in a culture that where your limbs atrophy because you you don't you, you know you need to flex those things and um, and then for you know if your body is kind of a bit more open and properly established you know, then you, you're breathing it out meditation becomes really much more available mm. so I always do, I do respect the use of asana. Um, and Qigong I've done for about 25 years, so that's, uh, I've really found that very helpful. For particularly, I had a lot of problems with with my back, partly because although I've been doing Hatha Yoga, I didn't, I more or less really never had much of a teacher who can point out details. So I've got some structural damage. So you can develop hinge points where one part of your back becomes very flexible, but the other part isn't. So this helped to get this, the Qigong does help to get the sense of the whole body. And it also helps for me because it tends to counteract willfulness. Uh, so I, I'm still pretty willful, but I used to be a lot more willful. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and Qigong doesn't work with willfulness. <laughs> you, you, can't, you can't do it willfully. Uh, so that's been enormously helpful. Uh, uh, far from just the entering into subtler energies form. I think you can, you know, cultivate that if you're really doing asana, particularly pranayama, you can work on energies. But um, this one is, is just what happened. And, I, because, and also because I can teach it, you know, in the in you know in, in in a public situation, it helps me to keep doing it because I I you know sometimes I can't, I can't be bothered. <laughs> Just, <laughs> it's not that, you know or too busy you know the usual excuses. So um, so having uh, teaching it really helps me to keep doing it more. Yeah. And so, so that's. Uh, I know people seem to, by and large, appreciate it. <coughs> Say something about connection between teaching on codependent arising and ceasing, and a the Brahma Viharas, b the teachings on emptiness. Well, I think I've touched into the Brahma Viharas so. They uh, um, help to um, <coughs> establish correct intention. Mm. There are exercises in, in intention and in, in heart. So one of the and, and in perception also. So one of the keys in dependent origination is the role of you know two kinds of intention. Intention, which is say based upon uh, motiv- correct motivation, chanda, and intention, which gets taken over by tanha, craving, 
And sometimes it's not so easy to see the differences in those. But metta is is an intentionality uh, of spreading and directing and picking up the quality of goodwill, intending to. So you pick up something that will generate that and you, you make much of it. And it's also to do with uh, perceptions, that is, these, these uh, Brahma Viharas, these skillful intentions are, ba- are, are triggered or can, are triggered by skillful perceptions. So with metta, you, you pick up the sign of that which is lovable, that which one feels uh, warmth towards. Um, uh, and with uh, karuna, you pick up the sign of that which one feels um, tender, protective of. Um, um, with mudita, that you pick up the sign of that which you f- you see the happiness and the goodness, and you rejoice in it. And upeka, you see the nature of karma, so you, okay, you, you stay serene about it. The change, you more understand anatta. So you pick up these signs now. Picking up signs, or is is, the, is perception? Perception is signs, and so that, in, so you know the the dependent origination. You have what's called vedana, feeling, craving, clinging. You know? Now, in this case, um, feeling in this in one sense is associated with mental perception so mental perception such as the 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 image or the impression in the mind generates a particular kind of feeling mm. so we might so when we we see something we see it as delicious and there were there's a feeling of the feeling comes off a pleasure anticipated pleasure mm. so Perception acts as the trigger for intention. So with uh, skillful practices, you pick up uh, an intention that's not based upon the, the gratifying or the you know experience, but just on the moranchita's inclination towards harmony, towards finding balance in a field. Mm. And that then becomes... Uh, a domain that your chitta can then steady itself in because it's not coming from outside. It's not something you can eat or taste or touch. It's something that's innately born of the chitta alone. You know, it's just born of the chitta. So it, it, it keeps you within the domain of chitta rather than blowing out onto onto various sense objects, and it gives the chitta a sense to, to feel it can really, it takes away the sense of impotence that we might experience, just feeling hopeless and can't do very much and wasting my time and, you know, okay, well what you can do is just think, just think up the thought of someone you appreciate or has been generous to you and then dwell in that or someone you feel you know is suffering and bring up that. And then that the, the takes you away from the feeling of of hopelessness or you know, thinking too much about yourself, <laughs> uh, where you just kind of lock into a, a problem, and it's very helpful to rise up out of that, out of that tanha upadana bawa thing. Mm.
So, so this is remember this is a field, meta field. So you can just generate that and then invite anything into that, anything you feel you can make, try to maintain your quality of of good-heartedness. Okay, let's invite. You know, first of all, some easy, easy ones, <laughs> and then maybe see if you can maintain it in the face of more challenging uh, f- uh, um, beings. Mm. So it strengthens. Uh, emptiness, chula sunyata sutta, yeah, is a topic that I think I'll, I'd like to talk about it, but it will be quite. Um, a thing in its own right, so I'll leave that and talk talk about that process another time. So I'll pause there for this evening's questions. <laughs>